right. Peace of mind on uncertain times. Go to the site, globalthreatsolutions.com. We'll give you another number, too, uh, 646-946-6649. Also, the uh, host of the great show uh, right here on LI News Radio on Saturday mornings at 11, the Captain's Brief. We'll talk about that, him and uh, the great Tom Evans uh, collaborating on that. And uh, we welcome the Captain, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Ken Bombay, sir. Welcome. Morning, Jay. Thanks for having me on. Good having you. I know you, know, you were in Vegas. You're not in Vegas now, are you? No, I got home very late last night. I'm going on a few hours of sleep here, Jay. Oh, my goodness. And you made way I'm for us. We appreciate on. it. Set the tone for us, Cap, for a second in Vegas. Give me a sense. Super Bowl weekend, obviously. Security is uh, has to be beyond, but give me a sense of what you saw. Go ahead. So... I would say that I kind of avoided the big rush. There was definitely a difference. It was a, the crowds were big. You could see all the people that were there for the game. And most importantly, as to the airport, was a disaster yesterday. And and, and a larger uh, scale, I'd say I'm never impressed with that airport, Jack. You know, for the for the massive revenue they bring in through all of the gambling in that city, they need to step up their game. That airport, it's like 70s level. I feel. And I do wow. a lot of traveling, but <laughs> but uh, but other than that, it was good to be. I was there for business, and I made specific plans to get out of there before the big crowd came. Man, you're lucky you did. I mean, that's going to be something else. Uh, unbelievable. So it's good to have you back safe. All right, let's get into a couple of things. Um, we'll save the DOJ stuff in it for a second with Biden and everything else going on there. Um, the we'll start in the middle, the Mid East. Middle East cap with, uh, you know, the ceasefire agreement that was on the table. Netanyahu negated it. Uh, you know, you still have hostages. We spoke about this last day or so. We understand that from reports, various reports, 25% of the hostages are not alive anymore. I don't even know the number. You still have Americans over there. Um, you know, I mean, listen, uh, the beat goes on. Netanyahu knows that, uh, you know, he cannot trust anything over there. They've got to fulfill the mission here and, and eradicate this group, this terrorist group in Hamas. So, uh, in essence, what are you seeing at this point in time as far as the overall mission? Yeah, so, I mean, you know, it's, uh, as you know, the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, he rejected these terms. And there's speculation as to exactly why other than he wants to continue the fight against Hamas and he feels that he needs to completely destroy their capabilities. But also, Hamas has been asking some of the the parts of the negotiations in this potential agreement are ridiculous, and Hamas is asking for the release of thousands of prisoners, prisoners that will obviously come back and then ultimately potentially plan to attack Israel. Um, So he rejected this. This is a setback, obviously, for the President Biden and uh, Secretary of State Blinken, because they're really pushing to have this ceasefire. As we're approaching very quickly a presidential election, they're trying to avoid this larger regional conflict, which many, Jay, myself included, would say we're already there. We're already in that conflict. We have to stop acting like we're not. And I think that's the real reason behind such a weak response that we've had um, until very recently um, against these proxy groups in Yemen, Syria, Iraq, it's all politics. And President Net, uh, I'm sorry, Prime Minister Netanyahu, he's not concerned about politics. Okay? He's concerned about the Israeli people. And this is the way they've always 
their leadership has always pretty much acted. And he feels that not only are there still does Hamas still have capability, but he has them on the ropes right now. But Jay, he needs to get rid of these leaders too. There's key leaders still in place and and leading Hamas and he needs to he needs to target them as well. Specifically we have Yahya Sinwar, um, who is the uh leader of Hamas in Gaza, and then you have the chair of Hamas's political bureau, uh, Ismail Hanaya, and he's in Qatar. And yeah. both of them are key leaders that he did. I, I would ultimately say I cannot imagine Israel negotiating to not target them. And I think they need to. They sat in very comfortable penthouses and watched this entire thing unfold on October 7th, and they needed to be targeted. Yeah, and of course we lost three soldiers uh, in the drone attack. On uh, the uh, Syrian uh, Jordan border there, uh, Cap, and uh, we did take out uh, one of the leaders, one of the masterminds, uh, and that's a good thing, no question. Uh, I mean, listen, uh, there's been 170 attacks on these bases since October 17th. Uh, the response was late, not enough in my estimation, um, you know, especially going after the ships and everything else, the Red Sea. Uh, they have absolutely disrupted uh, the situations of ports and everything else needed uh, for travel, uh, for commerce and everything else. Listen, they need to be dealt with, in my estimation, in a big way. How do you do it? You know, we know we know the center of it all, the mullahs in Tehran. We have to send a message. We have not. I don't know what the strategy is here. Uh, do we have a competent Secretary of Defense? Now, supposedly back at work again after a two-week absence back in January. We know what happened there with Lloyd Austin. I, there's just so many questions here. And now you got the competency of the president after last night, and the report, the DOJ, and everything else. A lot of questions. A lot of questions of how uh, we need as far as uh, retaliatory efforts are concerned. They've been, in my estimation, they've been weak. Uh, do you get a sense of oh. that? Uh, I do. I do, even with the most recent... Um, response that we've had against multiple targets. And uh, I, I love when we demonstrate the capabilities of the U.S. military because we had some of the, these bombers, Jay. They flew from, I think it was Texas, to do these bombing missions and come back, which is impressive and awesome. And it, once in a while, we have to display to the rest of the world that even our allies, even allies like the U.K., modern militaries, they're not at the same standard as the U.S. military when we want to use them. So that's the problem, Jay, is there, it's, again, I think this is all decisions are weighing uh, politics as a big concern when they take action right now or, or, or fail to take action. That's why we're in this position right now, because they're concerned about this uh, expanding. And I agree that we need to attack the source. Everyone in the world, obviously our intelligence agencies, the general public, we all know, that Iran's behind this. Our government has said so. And I think we're going to have to target Iranian, I've been saying it for a long time, Iranian assets directly. And I, I would understand if they said we're, we're hesitant to strike targets within Iran's borders right now. That's next level retaliation. But then let's target some of their other assets. Let's target uh, Iranian ships, which is very valuable to them, the Iranian Navy. Let's target Republican uh, guard leaders outside of their borders, direct Iranians leaders, you know, and I think that the reason they're hesitant to do that, we, you know, we could sit here and try and target these proxy groups all day, Jay, 
and Yemen and Syria and Iraq, these attacks are going to still continue to happen. And we have to send a message to them. They're going to pay if they do this. And I, it's, they're, in a, they're in a really bad situation, this administration, because they don't want to do this right now. And we will undoubtedly escalate the conflict in the region. But I, I think it's unavoidable at this point, Jeb, because we've lost troops and we're appearing weak to the world. And I think it's time to, to step up our game. And I'll tell you this much, after last night, uh, that statement that you just made, you can underline that a few hundred times. I, I can't even imagine uh, what the likes of a Putin, Xi, Kim, the mullahs, uh, I can't imagine what they're thinking at this point uh, in time after uh, the events uh, yesterday with the DOJ and the investigation, uh, the exoneration of the president, but uh, with a footnote that because of his age and memory loss, uh, it would be a futile attempt to even go forward with that. You know, I think about the two systems of justice between the former president, what he went through with these missing documents, uh, and uh, how Joe Biden treated his in an old box in a garage next to an old Corvette or whatever the heck it was. But in, in essence, uh, very troubling, the report. You know, maybe the guy couldn't think about when he was the VP. Maybe he couldn't figure out when he lost his son. Uh, to cancer, uh, his son Bo, uh, he came out with a vengeance with a, a couple of minutes of statement last night. You know, he was prodded along. He doesn't do that. He had questions thrown at him from the press left and right regarding the uh, competency, uh, regarding a lot of things, regarding cognitive issues. Tackle him every, every uh, way you want to, Cap. I threw a lot out there. But there are some serious questions I know a lot of people have this morning, including, you know, that 25th Amendment in play, possibly. Who knows? I don't think it'll ever happen in that regard. But there is a lot of food for thought here on a Friday morning. Go ahead. Right. Right, Jay. You know, this, this just highlights what we've all known. And it, it, when I say we all know, Republicans and Democrats, everybody knows that President Biden has not been um, – competent enough to handle this position since he entered office, but definitely within the last year. He's really deteriorated. The mistakes are embarrassing, you know, on a global scale. And they're consistent. Yeah, they're very consistent. Now, every time he speaks, every single time he speaks, you know, it's age. It, it, you, it's easy to actually fall, uh, to feel bad for him watching it. You know, it's like they're, he, he has these handlers just forcing him and prompting him to get up on stage. He, and a lot of times he literally doesn't know where he is. And as, as far as this case goes specifically, you know, it really highlights two things. First of all, it highlights, again, what many would feel is the failing of the justice system. Or, you know, it's, uh, it's support of President Biden's administration and, and many would say Democrats. And in what happened with this case, they're literally saying that, well, he's, he knowingly and willfully mishandled these documents for years, a decade even. Um, and meanwhile, though, we don't think that he, we think that if it does go to a jury, he's guilty of this crime, but if it goes to a jury, they're going to feel bad for him and sympathetic because he's an old man and he has significant memory loss. So which is it? You know, you, it, we, we need an answer here. Either, either he's guilty of these charges and charges should be considered, or he's, you know, not competent to be president which brings up the 25th Amendment. It seems like they're a, they put themselves in a bad position here. 
if he's that bad that people we can't even prosecute him because he doesn't even he couldn't remember when he was vice president jay couldn't remember when his son died there was a bunch of things that were involved in this in this investigation that came out that show his cognitive abilities have declined significantly so which is it and now we have this congressman uh claudia tenney she's saying that we need to to move forward with the 25th amendment which should basically um would focus on his his inability to be president right now and the vice president members of the cabinet would have to make a move and say this he can no longer be president and jay you know you hear a lot of rumors you hear rumors out there. I read a lot about this, and there's this, of course, just an ongoing rumor that they say in May or June he's going to step aside and uh, as the nominee for the um, Democratic Party, and they're going to run um, Michelle Obama. That's the big rumor that goes on. But it makes you think when you see how things unfold and how he has declined, if there is a larger strategy. I don't see how he could literally run for office by November. His decline is very quick and definitely not served for any amount of time if he wins, you know, after that. So um, I just wonder what the larger strategy is and if the 25th Amendment is involved in that. Yeah. Um, uh, Listen, I I don't think he'll be the nominee. I never did think that. Uh, I've always stated that the wild card uh, could be a Michelle Obama. Remember, that convention is in August, uh, Democratic uh, National Convention in August uh, in Chicago makes sense uh, as far as the uh, selection process is concerned. Uh, but uh, all in all, uh, very, very troubling times right now. My biggest fear, Cap, and I said this before on the show, uh, that the guy is going to get a phone call at 3 in the morning and he has to make a split-second decision as far as a possible you know, situation involved. Uh, maybe it's a uh, a wartime decision. Uh, you don't know, but in essence, uh, you got to be quick on your feet and everything else. Uh, you just obviously yeah. don't get a sense of that anymore with this man. No, and the yeah. decline is the decline is astounding as far as what we have seen. Just look at clips of him even a year ago, year and a half ago, as to, as far as what we have seen and the gaps and everything else involved. Couldn't even remember the terrorist organization Hamas. Uh, you know, has cited uh, individuals that are deceased, French uh, president from way back. Uh, confusing, uh, even last night, uh, Sisi, the Egyptian leader, and Mexico in the same sentence. My goodness. Um, these are serious things. And you, again, it's not a good look uh, for those who are not with us, our adversaries and everything else, who obviously get a sense yeah. of weakness and are doing what they're doing. So uh, there's some serious questions here, Captain. Yeah. You know, Jay, let's think about this special prosecutor and what, uh, what this culminated with. He's essentially saying that Biden is not fit to stand trial. So how is he fit to be president? <laughs> right? If you can't stand trial, but you can run the most powerful country in the world, it doesn't make sense. None of it makes sense. And they kind of put themselves in that bad position. Um, and then another thing I'd say is wh- what you just brought up. So it makes you think that call three in the morning, like you mentioned, gee, who's really running the country? And I know everybody will, you know, speculate. And we all hear about, you know, members of Congress and senators and far left uh, representatives. But what scares me even a little more, and obviously people like that have influence here uh, with this administration. But what scares me is a lot of what we're a lot of it is. Staffers, staffers and bureaucrats and people we never elected, 
They're literally running our country. Obviously, anybody, regardless of your political affiliation, you watch him on the news, you watch him speak, he is obviously not making decisions. Obviously, he's not doing that. Um, So who is? That's terrifying to me. Our country literally has not been run by its elected president for a long time. And that's new territory for us, Jay. And it's terrifying. It is uh, beyond terrifying at this point in time. Uh, Think about this. This is an individual who has the nuclear codes at his fingertips. Uh, And again, an individual of uh, cognitive decline who has uh, that type of power is troubling. Uh, The captain uh, with us, the Global Threat Report. Of course, he does the captain's brief Saturday mornings, uh, 11 o'clock. It is a must-listen, please. Uh, If you haven't heard it, it's a fascinating uh, half-an-hour show. Tom Evans, your partner, uh, and yourself, sir, you put on a, a, a great uh, a great listen, great guess. Uh, past generals, I'm talking about, you know, high-end, high-octane uh, individuals, and we compliment you on that. Give us a sense of what we have tomorrow, sir. Yeah, so we're going to be, you know, talking about a lot of what we just discussed right now. We're going to be talking about the situation. The ceasefire is big right now. And uh, in Israel, um, that's a big topic. And also what we just what just unfolded with the president and the ongoing investigations that are going on right now, because it's all of national security implications, especially with the classified documents and also what it could um, result in. And Tom's got got a list of some new guests that we're going to be having on. Like I said, I got in late last night, Jay, so I'm going to I'm going to get schooled up this morning and then we'll advise you the next time I'm on of our, our guest list that we'll be having coming on in the next several weeks. Awesome. Well, listen, get plenty of rest. Uh, we appreciate your appearance here this morning. Uh, well done. Very important topics uh, covered here, no question. Uh, we'll be listening tomorrow at 11 o'clock. Uh, and can't thank you enough, my friend. Have a great weekend. And uh, are you going to you gonna at least kind of kick back on Sunday and watch a little fo- football or not? We are. We are. we got a hero here at the house, and we're just going to sit home the whole day and relax. I need it. <laughs> well, well-deserved. Well-deserved. We can't thank you enough. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jay.